friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Today we travel back to New York. We have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, how's it going? I'm Andrew Vicanti. And I sing for the band Combust. That's awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, it was uh, pretty random. I was on vacation in Florida and I try to not think about the podcast too much, but um, I had been, you know, uh, jamming out to the void um, that whole week. And I just figured out like, okay, I want to get somebody from the band on the podcast. So um, I asked around and uh, one of my buddies just gave me your Instagram. So while on vacation, I was like, all right, I I just got to ask and see if it will, you know, happen. And sure enough, um, I DM'd you on Instagram and you were willing to come on. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm very excited. Thank you. I appreciate you asking me. Yeah, for sure. I I always like um, like this whole thing. I, I've said it like a million times before. I always just want to have um, people on that I'm a fan of their work, whether it be a band, um, you know, uh, somebody like some sort of influence or whatever. Like everybody that, that I have on, I just you know want to um, help spread the word because um, I'm into whatever you're doing. Yeah, definitely. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. For sure. So wanted to um, get into Combust. You guys put out your demo back in 2017. I, I just wanted to ask, um, how did uh, the band start? Um, the band started through like kind of a, a breakup of multiple other bands. And then uh, me and the drummer of Combust, we were playing in a bunch of different bands together. But uh we never played in a band like we played in hardcore bands together all the time, like since I was a kid. But we never we never really did a band where like I control not control, but like where it was just kind of everything that I always wanted to do instead of like a bunch of like this is the first band ever where I came into it. It was just like my kind of vision and not a bunch of people making music at once. Like I wrote the whole demo kind of with the guitar player that we have now, but it was like kind of just all my ideas instead of a bunch of people's group. You know what, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, for sure. But, like this is something that I'm was like, it's kind of like your vision. Yeah. Like, so basically I got, I had the, I had the main idea and vision and then I just like recruited other people in the band, you know? So you said it started out with you and the drummer. How did you find the other members? Uh, honestly, at first I was putting up, like, I wanted, I wanted new people that I never, besides the drummer, I wanted people who I'd never played with before. Cause like Staten Island is just like tapped out for musicians. Uh, and especially people who even like hardcore music. So like, I kind of just put out something on Twitter, I think before I even had the demo written. And I was like, Oh, uh, if anyone wants to play in a hardcore band, shoot me a message. I need a guitar player. And then I just ended up linking up with this kid that I've known for a long time on Staten Island, but he never played in a hardcore band before, but he wrote, he wrote uh, one my favorite track that we ever wrote. I mean, on the, on the demo, another fool, it's like probably still my favorite track. He wrote that off the bat and I was like, okay, yeah, like this dude solidified in the band. So you said that you, you never um, played in a band with that guy before. So how did you know him? Um, I met him through like friends and he played it. He played in other bands within, uh, the Staten Island music scene, just never in a hardcore band as well as, uh, 
our other guitarist, like they both never played in a hardcore band, but like they were fans of hardcore music, you know what I mean? So it was like kind of it kind of just clicked really well. It ended up being like a really good chemistry between all of us and then the bass player I've known for a while as well. But uh he's the only one in the band not from New York. He's from New Jersey. So I just met him through shows and shit. <laughs> Is it uh, hard for the bass player to um, do stuff with you guys since he's from Jersey? Uh, no, he's actually like less than a half hour away. So he just, he'll just roll through. It's, I think it's like a 20 minute drive for him. So he'll just roll through. Oh, for sure. That's not um, bad. Um, I'm, I'm from California. So I, I like when I think of other states, I, I think of it as being like a long drive. Oh God. Yeah. Everything's far from you guys. City, like towns and cities are far from you guys. Yeah, so I just wanted to ask, on the demo, you guys uh, covered Breakdown. What was the reasoning behind that? Uh, we threw a lot of bands around because we wanted we wanted to do a cover for the demo just because I feel like no one really records covers anymore. And we all wanted to, we, we all agreed that we should do one. But uh, I don't remember exactly how we landed on Breakdown. I think we wanted to do Killing Time at first, but we just didn't. But I... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Breakdown's a, a monumentally important New York hardcore band. I think uh, it reflected kind of the, the sound on the demo, too. So, I don't know. Just It's a great song. It just kind of made sense. When I first moved to Orange County, me and my um, roommate... He um he always wanted to be in a hardcore band and um he's really good at the guitar and I uh, him and our other buddy had like this demo written and we were trying to figure out like the name of the band and just trying to get things going so we can actually play that stuff live and the the name that they wanted the band to be was uh, distant dismissed um, and we wanted just to go by D and D and we came up with this whole thing about like um, uh, using D and D and like um, being like super nerds and like using dice and all a bunch of references for Dungeons and Dragons. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, it, it was something like a cool idea and. Uh, he had like four songs written, but I, I think um, he just became like really jaded with hardcore and um, eventually we just kind of scrapped the whole thing. So every, every time I uh, see that, uh, you know, uh, breakdown, distant dismissed, it always reminds me of that band that we were trying to do. That's that would be the most original idea for a hardcore band ever, probably. Well, um, anybody out there that's listening, um, you guys can have that idea because I don't think we're ever going to do it. <laughs> but um, wanted to um, skip ahead because um, we're going to jump in all over the place. But um, you were uh, just recently in California, correct? Oh, uh, yeah, I was. I was uh, filling in for the fight on drums. That's awesome. I had no idea that um, you even played the drums. Uh, yeah, I used to play in this band, uh, Impact, for drums. So, and I know I've known the guys in the fight for a long time. So, it's kind of it was kind of random, but I'm glad I got to do it. Really fun experience. You guys played uh, two shows in California, right? Uh, yeah, it was um the Dead Heat record release in Ventura, and then uh, the next show was like I guess like kind of a a second like little release show for the weekend in LA. It was like a matinee show. Yeah. I saw the flyers. I was actually really bummed that, that I couldn't make it because I was out of town for both of those days. Oh word. Yeah. Um, 
And if I'm correct, right? I know that was the fight's first time in California as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first time they ever played Cali, too. And honestly, uh, the first show, the original record release show in Ventura, like, kids were really fucking with it. It was actually really awesome. That's awesome to hear because I, I feel like um, that band is like super awesome and I feel like more people out here um, should be checking them out. Oh, dude, Cal- I feel like Cali loves fast shit, though. So, I mean, it, it, like it just they just mesh really well with the fan base of California. I feel like, like, yeah, there's a lot of hardcore heads out in California, but like they just love the fast shit. Yeah, I, I I was actually put on to um, the fight by my buddy uh, Keith Freeman. Oh, Keith. Yeah. Okay. Fuck yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I feel like everybody knows Keith. Yeah, because he's 50 years old and he's been to every show in the world since 1920. <laughs> <laughs> that and then he's also in like a bunch of bands, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, that's sick. So, um you guys uh, combust. Um, I, I saw on your Twitter, you guys actually tweeted like a couple days ago that um, you're going to be announcing uh, some shows and tours coming up. I, 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 I know. Uh, oh, wait, go ahead. Uh, yeah, we we have some stuff in the works right now, but like nothing's really. I, I just sometimes I just post really dumb shit on them just to just out of sheer boredom. But no, we're, we're going to. We're going to announce shows and tour soon. Like we're just like kind of working on stuff at the moment. Do you have anything uh, coming out West? That's all I wanted to know. I can't say exactly when and with who yet, but we will be coming out to the West this year. Okay. All right. For sure. That That's good enough for me. Um, I'll awesome. just have to, um, you know, just uh, sit back and wait patiently for those announcements. It'll be tight though. Okay, definitely um, looking forward to that. Um, real quick, last thing on the demo, um, I was curious about uh, the artwork. Who did that? Uh, funny story about that. Actually, we, uh, our guitar player, we we, we didn't want to go to like every single other person who's done art for every other band. So, we just kind of like wanted to step out of the box, see what we can have. Uh, our guitar player knew this girl who um, who went to art school. I think they just they just knew each they, they, they were just friends. But she went to art school in the city, and like he was like, "Oh, I have this friend who draws. Her stuff's pretty cool. Uh, it could be like a fresh like outlook on like hardcore, like a hardcore demo art from an outsider." Because like this girl wasn't into hardcore music at all. But uh, I gave her the basic idea, and she killed it. She did a really cool job. I like the way the demo came out. Yeah, same here. I, I was actually, um, you know, I think it's cool that you guys actually came out with a cover for the demo because um, a lot of the times it'll just be like, you know, uh, band name and, uh, you know, demo and whatever year it is, just like super plain. So the fact that you guys, um, you know, uh, took the time and wanted to actually like uh, attach like a um, cool piece of artwork to it, I, I thought that was great. Oh, I'm a huge fan of... Uh I wouldn't say over the top, but I, I'm a huge fan of like of really intricate artwork. I don't know, like in like uh, Humanity is the Devil is my favorite artwork of all time. Okay, what's that? I just I just love I just love detailed shit. I I don't know, artwork in hardcore music I feel is just as important. 
All right. Um, well, thank you for that. Uh, and the the intro on the demo. Sorry, I said um, that the artwork was gonna be lasting, but I, just one last thing. The the intro um, on the demo, I I think it's pretty sick. And I was just curious, do you guys still play that live? Oh yeah, we we play the intro every set. Okay. All right. That's awesome to know. Um, definitely looking forward to hearing that live. So it's almost been about a month since you guys re- released the void, um, on Edgewood records. I wanted to know how did you guys um, link up with that record label? Um, I remember, I remember, uh, when we started writing it and shit, and then we, we had like the rough, the rough demos of it. And I was like sending it around to my friends and shit. Uh, my boy, Harry from regulate, uh, I was showing him the record and he was like, Oh, uh, he was like, Oh, like, I think, I think you guys should, should talk to Edgewood. And I mean, I definitely, I, Edgewood was one of my first ideas who, of who I would want to put it out. Cause all our friends are on it. They have a great roster. I just know that like they're good people to work with. So, uh, through Harry, I started talking to Craig who runs Edgewood and, uh, I don't know. We, we just like, we kind of like clicked instantly. Uh, they're good people over there. It feels like you have like a real connection and community. Like it just feels like a hardcore label. It doesn't feel like a record label. It feels like a community of people working with hardcore bands. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's uh, a really strong record, record label with all the releases that they have been putting out. So definitely stoked on everything they're doing over there. Oh yeah. Literally like, I mean what the past four releases, it was uh Ours is the most recent, and then Dead Heat, and then uh, Red Vision, like just solid records all around. The, uh, the Regulate record, Downfall record is going to be coming out. Uh, just a lot of, just like literally no filler. Every band's good. Yeah, and definitely appreciate that because filler just um, can be like, you know, unnecessary sometimes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like. I feel like labels who sign way too many bands, it just kind of gets, it loses its like authenticity of being a hardcore label. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes I feel like if there's like too many artists, it's kind of hard to manage and give everybody like, you know, the proper amount of time to, you know, grow or just give them the spotlight that shine to help boost like what they're trying to do. Like some people can just get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. I mean, I respect any, label and hardcore music for, for like investing their time and money into making fucking records for hardcore bands that probably they make no money off of. But no, I, I understand what you're saying. So wanted to um, bring it like way back. I, I was just curious. Um, how did you get into hardcore? Um, I'm going to say 2000 around 2006 or seven. Uh, I have a cousin who um i i remember when i was getting into like heavier music be it like metal or or punk that i didn't know was even punk at the time but i was getting into like metal music around age 11 and uh i approached my cousin about it because i knew he was into heavier music but he's he like essentially just gave me um i remember he gave me a shit ton of burnt cds uh he was it was Age of Quarrel, Set It Off, uh, Blood, Sweat, No Tears, uh, Victim in Pain, 
a bunch of punk stuff. He just gave me like a shit ton of burnt CDs, I remember. Uh, and he just started basically teaching me everything about hardcore from that point on. And he took me to my first show, which was a veil at the knitting factory. Um, and I remember no, I was already into hardcore from the burnt CDs that he gave me. Right. I was like super about it. It was super aggressive right up my alley as a, as an 11 year old. I really got down with the messages within the songs. But I remember seeing a veil at the knitting factory that that one night. They the first song went on, man. Yo, that room exploded. It was like to this day one of the craziest shows I've ever seen. It was like complete chaos. People, just massive amounts of people jumping off the stage, singing along to every song, like jumping off the fucking like fucking pipes or whatever. Like I do, I don't know. It's just one 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 of those. One of those moments that stays with you forever. Like my first hardcore show that I will never forget that. That's uh, really crazy to hear. And it's awesome that you're able to remember your first show. Um, Did your cousin still uh, go to shows? Oh, yeah. He's like still uh, he's actually um, he's a he's a graffiti artist or just, you know, an artist in general. He does uh, this this website called Robots Will Kill. Um, And he like collaborates with a bunch of guys uh within new york hardcore like uh you know like danny diablo and, and a bunch of other people who do uh graffiti shit um he still goes to shows he's still straight edge he's like he's like i think i think he's almost 40 he might he might get pissed if i got that wrong <laughs> but uh yeah man he's like he's a family dude he's got a full-time job like but he still supports hardcore music he's still straight edge like he helps me out with with our work for our band. Like he's always supporting us. He's a really great dude. Uh, one of my inspirations as far as like what I do within hardcore music. He always always been there for me. Oh, like I remember being really young along the way. Like he he really taught me a lot about a lot of shit. You know, as where whereas a lot of people had to find out everything on their own or like learn things, how to do things like their own way. You know what I mean? I'm really thankful that he was there. That's awesome. It's cool to hear that. Um, you know, even after all this time, he's still, um, you know, active and hardcore. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. And it's always nice to have, um, like, you know, people who've been around, like kind of, um, like guiding you and showing you the way trying to like, you know, put you in the right direction with this whole thing. Oh yeah, like, like I said, like to this day, I'm like thankful that I didn't have to go through any embarrassing stages as a young kid. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, like not unfortunately, but you know that that's just how it goes sometimes. Because kids, you know, you don't know any better when you're younger. But like, it's just it's funny that I got I I got to skip through all the bad shit and I got shown the good shit immediately. So, um, there's no emo phase in your history. <laughs> no, there was no, there was no like scene band phase or like fucking none of that shit. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Like I have to, um, uh, you know, credit my sister, my, my older sister. She like, um, kind of put me on this path. She, um, had made some friends who were into hardcore. Then she, um, kind of showed me some bands. And from there I, I just kind of was obsessed and just kind of like browsed the internet, um, like on MySpace forever, just trying to find like, you know, every cool band, um, that I could at the time. Yo, that, yo, that's the wave, man. Like, 
introducing younger kids to shit, like schooling them, schooling the younger kids to shit, like immediately instead of having them fumble on their own and like you know what I mean. Especially in the in the internet era of hardcore music, like there's a lot of I see a lot of embarrassing shit from younger kids and like even the the younger the standard younger kid for hardcore music now is like what twenty, and yeah. like that's. That's crazy to me that 20-year-olds are getting into hardcore at 20. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I think if, you, if you're an older dude who's into hardcore and you and you see that there's a new kid coming around, you should immediately try to school them to what's good instead of having them fumble and support whack shit. It's always weird to me when, um, like, people within hardcore want to be, like, you know, um, like exclusive and like, uh, you know, not include people like when, when it comes to like music or, you know, just being at a show, like, you know, um, like cool guys and shit like that stuff just always like boggles my mind. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, unfortunately there's, there's just some kids who like just don't get it and are in it for a lot of wrong reasons. And like, that's, like I said, I feel like in the internet era of hardcore, there's a lot of people like that, but I, I wish that there were younger kids coming around New York so I can like fucking, you know what I mean? I I I I, I strive to be that old guy. I'm 25, but I just want to be that old guy that like helps out little younger kids, you know? Yeah. Um. Which part of New York are, are you from? Uh, I'm from Staten Island, but I basically grew up going to all the shows in New York City and Brooklyn, and you know what I mean. So. I consider all of New York City to be my scene. And uh, how like is that a different scene from like what's going on like over in like Long Island? Uh yeah, Long Long Island and and like Brooklyn slash New York City. It's like they're they're two different worlds. Uh, there's a lot of younger kids and a lot of bands coming out of Long Island. Meanwhile, in in New York, it's like. I don't know. There's like different tribes in New York City. You know what I mean? It's like a. It's really hard to explain if you're not out here. Um, just like not all the hardcore kids in New York City go to, like they'll go to specific shows that cater to specific group of hardcore kids, and like vice versa. Not all the bands support each other or like play with play with each other's bands. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. I don't know. It's like it's kind of it's kind of like one of those you have to see what I'm talking about kind of thing. So and I also just, don't want to get on your podcast and talk shit. So for sure. No, it's just like, um, like, like politics out there. Yeah. It's just, it's just weird. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fucking like stuck up nose in the air kind of shit to me, but it is what it is. Okay. All right. Yeah. Honestly, um, I've only been to New York um, uh, once, and th- that was like a couple of years ago. I did like I-, I think like three days. I had like a Airbnb um, in East Harlem, and didn't really like do too much. It, it was like a weird trip. Like I, I like we spent like a couple of days in the city, which I really wasn't a fan of, and then we did like a um, like a day where we went to um, like Brooklyn and Long Island, and um, oh, the, the city the city is insufferable. I mean like. Honestly, if, if, if you're there, if you're in New York for the first time, definitely go to the city, check out Times Square, do all the touristy shit. But once you get it, once you get your fill for the first time, literally never go back. It's terrible. I don't, I don't understand what people's obsession is with New York City. I hate it. 
Yeah, definitely not a fan. I felt like um, I, it was cool to, you know, be there because I, I seen it so like so many times in like um, a million different movies growing up. But I wanted to get out of there so fast. Oh, yeah. But that but the thing was, all the movies that took place in the city were when they happened when New York City was still cool. You don't think it's cool anymore? Oh, hell no. You got you walk down every block. It's like it's like a tourist lives in every every street of New York. It's like not even New York anymore. How could it be New York if everyone who lives there is like from Utah? Yeah, no, definitely understand that. So, um, you're from Staten Island. Like, where, where do you spend most of your time? Uh, I mean, I spend most if I'm not going to a show or like. Re, uh, I play in another band called Reaction. We we practice out in Brooklyn, and I hang out there a lot with that with my friends in Brooklyn. But I mean, I don't know. I'd say I'd say like fifty fifty Staten Island and Brooklyn. Okay. I mean, I I work Monday through Friday, so like I'm shot most of the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I try to get out to Brooklyn as often as I can because uh, you know I have I have a bunch of friends. We all like to get together out there. So what's there to do in Brooklyn? Cause like I was in Brooklyn, like honestly, like when I went, like I literally went to Brooklyn just to eat at this um, pizza place that I saw on YouTube. What pizza place? Um, it's owned by this guy named Frank Panillo. It's called Best Pizza. Where have I ever been there? Uh, I mean, but as far as as far as what I mean, when it comes to things that I do in Brooklyn, we literally just we'll chill at someone's house or we'll, we'll usually just get food. Like that's the move. We just, we love, like I said, reaction. If we go practice we're we have like a whole food ritual thing. So, so we, we get, we'll go out to get ribs or sandwiches or, you know, Italian food. It's just like, it's usually revolving around food. Now, do you, do you guys get food before or after the practice? Before. Okay, that's awesome. I, I I think it's cool to um you know have like a cool little ritual like that, and you guys can bond over the food and then go write <laughs> some cool music. Oh yeah, definitely. Huh. Yeah, man. So I, I'm gonna have to send you the link to that um spot uh, that I went to because I was trying to find um you know good pizza in New York, and I literally ate pizza at like three different spots. Like I went to some. Uh, some like stupid fancy pizza spot where like uh, they kind of like made it in front of you and you kind of like picked the ingredients. It was like Chipotle for pizza. Oh no, I don't like that. Yeah. So th- that was whack. And then there was like a little um, like bodega type spot by our Airbnb. Like we walked in and like all the employees were behind like bulletproof glass, but they didn't only sell pizza. They, they, they sold like, um, like, uh, burgers and like chicken wings. So like the pizza that I got, like, I was like, okay, like I know this isn't like good pizza, but I just ate it anyways. And then, yeah. Uh, if, if you're ever in Brooklyn again, uh, I'd say hit the classic move and get L and B Spumoni gardens. What's um, so good about that pizza? Oh, I mean, like, I mean, it's just, it's okay. Well, it, they do they do um, a style of pizza where it, you gotta get the square pie, and it's they put the sauce on top of the cheese, and then they cover it in grated cheese. So it's like, I don't know. It's just it, it's a classic pizzeria that literally most people will tell you it's the best pizza in Brooklyn. Okay, I definitely have to try that um, whenever I decide to go back. Um, 
So Brooklyn. Okay. All right. Definitely interested in that. Um, and, but the spot that I went to in Brooklyn, there's this guy, he has like his own pizza show on um, YouTube. So that's how like, I like heard about his spot in Brooklyn and he, he like makes everything uh, fresh in house and it's, it's a really small spot. And, um, I had like just the normal like margarita slice and then like he had like a white slice and it, okay. it was, it was um, pretty good. I, I was like pretty happy with it. Yeah. I mean, most, most pizza spots in Brooklyn, like I, they, they're going to have a good slice. I mean, unless you really fuck up and go to like, I don't know. I, I but I like nine out of 10 times a Brooklyn pizzeria is going to be good. Have you ever been to a spot called Sabaro's? Oh, come on, man! Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I I watched The Office, so I, I just had to ask. <laughs> the class, the classic New York slice joke. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Sorry. Don't want to uh, offend you, but I just feel like I had to ask. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um. Damn. All right. So. I, I, I went to, I'm sorry. I feel like this whole thing is turning into like a whole, like, um, you schooling me on like New York, uh, touristy stuff. But, um, I, I feel like I, I should have spent more time on Staten Island cause my friends and I like rode the ferry to Staten Island because we saw it in the Spider-Man movie, but like we didn't really spend time on the Island. We're like, we just kind of rode it back. Like we rode it to Staten Island then literally hopped on the ferry and just came back. Uh, you're not really missing much. If you were to if you were to hang out in Staten Island, the only thing that I would say is cool to check out is like maybe you'll hit a restaurant here that like a good Italian food restaurant, and then like check out the Wu Tang projects. That's like really about it. Okay. I mean, I just I just love Staten Island because I grew up here and like all my friends here, and this is just where I know. I, I think I think it's the better part of new york because you get the city vibe and the suburb vibe so you don't have to deal with tourists and you get a legitimate feel of new york but without being in a really annoying city environment you know what i mean yeah i feel like i'm not a fan of uh, a place that's just filled with tourists yeah it sucks so all right the wu-tang projects um all right i I gotta kind of add that to my list of things to do whenever I get back to New York. Yeah, man. So you guys just played, um, United blood wanted to ask you uh, what that experience was like. Oh, it was, it was like really humbling. Honestly, playing United blood was a, was a huge deal for me. Uh, I think it's one of the best fests in hardcore music. It's always got the realest bands with the realest kids. Um, uh, I I couldn't be more happy with how our set went. It was just it was like I don't know. It was to me, it was just everything that I could have wanted from that experience. It was really fucking fun. Yeah, I, I saw you guys posting some videos on your Twitter, and it definitely looked like it was pretty wild in there. Yeah, it was like I said. I mean, for for a band who who like I I consider us still a fairly new band, so I I wasn't expecting much to be honest but to get the reaction that we did it was it was really 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 awesome so uh, i think it was like the day after or maybe a couple days later you guys played in philly uh yeah it was like two days after our set in ub 
Yeah, how was that show? Because I I felt like that that lineup was pretty stacked with um, bands like No Option, One Step Closer, Choice to Make, Dare, and Payback. Uh yeah, no, it was cool. It was in a little room. Uh, it was like packed out for the bands. Um, our set was chill, nothing like too crazy. One Step Closer set was wild. Um, but it was just it was just like a cool little show to play on our way back home. Did you happen to catch Dare's set? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw there. Yeah, they're, they're from Orange County, so like, they're like one of my favorite bands right now. Yeah, no, they're 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 a cool band. They're a cool band. Uh, who who I think um, Cali's got a lot of good bands coming out right now. Uh, like, like I just said, I was just in Cali, so I mean, my favorite band right now from Cali's got to be Dead Heat. The record's so good. Uh, who, who's uh, that? That band Wise is good. Shout out to San Diego Wise. Yeah, they're pretty sick. Um, who else? Cali got. You guys got a lot of bands. Yeah, there's this band um called Control. They're um coming up. They they have like a demo out and it's pretty sick. Um, obviously Fury uh, in Distort just announced that um tour that they're doing across the U.S. Those those bands are killing it. Um, Initiate, uh, they're like on tour. They, they got like a little run they're doing right now in Texas. Um, and then obviously we got like the bigger bands like Terror. Yeah, well, I mean of course. Yeah, so I feel like uh, there's never like a shortage of bands when, um, from California. Um, even like because the state's so big, from like Southern California to like Northern California, there's just like always like a good crop of bands like popping up oh yeah straight up you guys have a lot of just classic like popping ass bands i mean like like you said terror nails there's all the young bands that they did uh this band uh deprive opened that dead heat show uh they were cool uh just like yeah i don't know i feel like there's endless amount of good bands from california did you do anything? Um, well, obviously, like outside of the shows, did you uh, guys do anything cool in California? Um, I mean, I, I got to check out the the round two stores, the vintage one and the regular one, and then uh, I mean, I made the classic in and out trip right off the right off the plane, and then uh, I hit the casino out there, Commerce. Okay. Uh, we went to the, I I've, I've been to Cali like a million times before this, so it was like, but uh. Some dudes in the fight weren't, so I, I just did I did shit with them that they wanted to do. Like we went to Hollywood Forever. Um, we didn't have much downtime. We were only there for like two, like one and a half days, so we we got to fit in as much as we could. You said you've been out to California before. Um, why did you come out? Uh, I used to play in a band uh, like a few years ago that we just toured relentlessly for like five years straight, and we would hit Cali like. A handful of times every year so okay um where is your favorite place to play in california when you're in that other band uh damn it's like it's like all a blur they were just like i remember there were specific cool shows that we played there there was a place called the cathedral of hardcore in uh cathedral city cali it's like some some random little town uh, I don't think they do shows anymore there, but it's it's this kid's house, 
and it packed out like almost 300 kids in this living room. Like people were diving off the balconies in the living room and shit. It was like crazy. Uh, San Francisco, we played a really cool show out there. Uh, played LA a few times. It was cool. Um, I remember Sacramento had a cool show there once. Yeah, I don't know. Like that, that era is all a blur at this point. But <laughs> there's some cool shows sprinkled in. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious about this uh, kid's house that had 300 people in it. Oh, dude, you gotta look it up. Just look, look up uh, the Cathedral of Hardcore. It'll probably come up. A bunch of. It was like it was like mainly like a crust. It was like a crusty kind of and like punk kind of like vibe. But like the kids went off for every band. It was it was just cool. It was just a fun show. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, hold on. Okay, I'm pulling up on Google. Let me see what's going on. So. How'd you, um, or who, who'd you guys, um, know in Cathedral City to get that show booked? Uh, damn, what was that kid's name? Uh, I believe his name was Dylan. Okay. It's been like, I think last time I spoke to him was like fucking 2014, but like, I think his name was Dylan. Uh, Like it's like a long shot if I look up this dude on Facebook right now. Yeah, I'm like looking at pictures of it. That's so crazy. Oh, you have it up? Yeah. Yeah, That's- I'm not gonna find this kid a shot, but I remember his name was Dylan. I think. Okay. Damn. That's crazy. You know what's so weird? Um, is I'm actually from like that area. Oh really? Yeah, but I, I I moved away, so I got I grew up in the Palm Springs area, and then I moved to Orange County like ten years ago. So it's been like a, de- a decade in Orange County. Okay. But that's so crazy. Like I I'm I'm tripping out that I've never heard of it because it's literally like it's probably like three cities like over from where my parents live. Oh, dude! When you get a chance, you gotta look up the videos. It's just like it's. Just- it's pure chaos. It's awesome. Yeah, because um, when I was getting into hardcore, there was like, there was probably like three places shows would happen. Like we used to have, um, in in Indio, we used to have this castle where, um, this guy Steve Kipple, he would like book shows. Like I always talk about it. Like the um, best show that ever happened there was in like I think like two thousand three. It was blacklisted, down to nothing, and cast aside. Um, in this like random, like it was was, like a castle on the outside, but inside there was like a pizza restaurant at the bottom. And then the second floor where the shows happen, it was just like a banquet hall. Dude, that era of hardcore is like, it was so awesome. I remember that, like, that's a sick lineup and a cool setting. Like I remember seeing like lineups, like ceremony and blacklisted and trash talk all the time. And like random weird ass spots in New York, like that era of hardcore was so fucking raw. Like, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I, I remember, like, showing up to shows, like, wondering if we were at, like, the actual venue because it was always just in, like, a random spot, not, like, at a legit venue. Oh, yeah, of course. 
and i love that you brought up trash talk because i love that band so much but um i i just wish they were more active yeah they, they were like my favorite band for so long yeah i feel like um like a lot of kids turn their back on that band when they like and like i don't even feel like they changed their sound that much but like um when, when they started coming out with like the later stuff like eyes and nines and stuff like I that i think they just like I think what it was was that with uh, with the new label and like the vibe of the band, I think they were just kind of like getting away from the hardcore scene. But like, if you see them, if you see them now, still they'll play every single good fucking song. But it's just the crowd is different, so it's kind of weird. But like, I don't know. I still enjoy seeing them. I love those records. Uh, like the the old band that I was talking to you about that uh, toured constantly. We just like trash talk was a a main blueprint for us so like it was just i don't know that 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 band's always got like a big place in my heart this is a fucking badass band yeah i feel like i remember the last time i went and saw them uh like none of my friends wanted to go so i was like whatever like i'll just go because i really want to see the band and um it wasn't like that much different like i feel like obviously like the crowd was way more of those like you know uh golf wing type kids but there's still some hardcore (laughs) kids like sprinkled in and there wasn't as much moshing but there was like more like singing along and like like you said they did play like all like their awesome songs and um, no they're they're straight up bangers all the way through like again i just wish the vibe was more of a hardcore show vibe but like I don't know. Like, I won't pass up seeing them if they come through New York, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I know that um, I, I, they, they have that tour that, that they're doing in the summer with uh, Turnstile and those um, rappers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go just to see Trash Talk and Denzel Curry. Okay, I'm not even sure who's playing the L.A. date out here. I, I think we just have, like, Suicide Boys and... Um, somebody else, but I'm not sure. Oh god, I hate that shit. I <laughs> um, did you see like all like the the backlash um on the internet because um, people yeah, were freaking- wasn't it, I, I don't I don't I don't understand I don't uh know what's going on with like who's a bad person out of that tour, but like apparently some dudes like well like an abuser or something one of the one of the guys a rapper or something. Okay, so I don't want to speak out of turn, but I tried to do some research because I'm like fairly familiar with like, you know, the, um, the, the people on the lineup just because like I listen to that kind of music. Um, but I'm pretty sure they were um, pointing the finger at um, that rapper Puya because uh, there was like a story that came out um, where this girl, uh, she said that um, he orchestrated a, um, a gang rape with like him and his friends and her. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's crazy. Um, and uh, so I'm pretty sure that's who everybody was talking about. When so is this dude off the tour or are they just like keeping it going? As far as I know, um, they're keeping it going. But So they, did, they didn't kick this guy off the tour? No, um, but he, he he wasn't on like the entire tour. I I, I think he was only on like, uh, like three dates or something. Oh, all right. Well, I mean... You know that's not my fucking world, so I don't, I don't like tend to get mixed up in it like that. But if 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 you gang raped someone, it seems like you're not a good fucking person. 
Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I don't support that at all. Um, and it was just like weird too, because, um, I, I went to his Twitter to see if he was like, even like, you know, aware of like the backlash and sure enough he was, which I thought was even crazier. And he was like responding, uh, to the people, um, you know, just saying like, Hey, like chill out. Like I'm only on a couple days of the tour. Like, I don't understand why everybody's mad. And wow. That's response. That's crazy. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that insane that someone could make an allegation like that and then he just says hey chill i'm not on the whole tour it's yeah it, it's crazy um and yeah i don't know like i obviously like you said it's not my world either i don't book tours i don't um uh you know have any involvement in that but yeah it, it is a little strange that they just kind of are like just like brushing it under the rug and just kind of um letting the tour continue and that's that's why I, I, don't, I don't fuck with those kind of people, man. That's like classic bullshit. I don't know. I've, I've seen I've seen so many so many like kids get fucking heat online. I just I, I gotta it gives me a fucking headache, man. But like they won't they won't throw fucking they won't throw this dude off a tour who apparently gang raped someone, but they'll give someone shit for like making a joke on Twitter. Like I don't know. The, the world's fucking crazy. Yeah, call out culture is uh, like not a fan of it because like people like people I, I feel like a, a lot of people um, will come out just because it, like they have like the mob mentality like oh cool like it, it's okay to hate this person today like let's just throw a bunch of shit their way you know yeah I feel you I feel you yeah so not really into that and and honestly like for me i um just try to you know just keep it real just be myself and just you know not be like a weirdo or do anything you know bad like that yeah i mean definitely always definitely always important to keep your i don't know i feel like you just gotta keep your fucking head down do your own do your own thing don't worry about the fucking all the bullshit you know what i mean yeah, definitely. I, I try not to, uh, well, actually, I'm probably, uh, like, it's not really my style to get involved. Like, when I see, like, big, like, internet stuff going on, I, I, I just kind of like to look um, from afar and just kind of, like, you know, see what's going on. But I, I don't like to get involved too much unless, it, like, it's, like, to, my business. I used to, to want to be the guy who, like, lashes out at shit on the internet like that. But I, I, I realize that it's better to do, like, let my let my song do the fucking talking you know what i mean i don't know i it's up to <clears throat> you you get you get more headaches with fucking trying to be the guy that speaks out against shit i don't know it's not worth it the internet's fucking annoying okay um speaking of um you know letting your song speak for you i was curious about um the song uh tigers and rats can you go into yeah. the meaning of that uh, it's kind of got like a double meaning. It's basically like calling out tourists within the city as in like actual tourists and then tourists amongst hardcore music and especially within the New York hardcore scene. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I just feel like there's a lot of, uh, I guess fraudulent shit, uh, going on in hardcore music right now. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of like pretentious shit going on within New York hardcore, I feel. Um, I don't know. It's just like a song to be like, uh, separate the real from the fake, essentially. You know, like, just a, just a classic hardcore song. 
now do you think the like bullshit will ever go away in New York hardcore? And do you think you guys could ever like unite? Literally never. There's just too many fucking people. There's like there's too many different kinds of people and there's too many people in general. It's just it, it'll never we'll never have a scene like that. I don't know. I'll never I'll never feel a sense of total like unified community within New York. I don't know. It, it's weird. It's like I said, it's it's hard to explain. It's it's a it's an unfortunate situation. And there's there's always so many like random faces or like here for the night faces. It's like how can you how can you really create a, a sense of community like that? We we just gotta stick to the people that we know come around constantly, you know what I mean? And it's not a large number, but it's there. Where do these like random people come from? I wish I knew. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like half the time it's like, oh yeah, like it could it could even be an example of like, oh, I'm here on vacation. You know what I mean? Like one of those kind of things. Or it's I just never feel like there's all the kids here are at every show all the time. There's like maybe a handful that it's like, okay, these are the usual kids who come to these shows. Okay, so you feel like people only come out for certain shows to like show their face. They're not really there to actually support the scene. That's another thing. I mean, that's not the main idea of it, but I mean, that's definitely a factor. But that I feel like that's in that's in any scene. I feel. Yeah, um, well, I, I can only speak from like you know out here. There's definitely um, you know people who show up who aren't really down for hardcore. Nah, you're always gonna have those fucking social leeches within hardcore music, but that's unfortunately just the way it goes. Yeah, I I just want to know where they think they're going with that. I wish I knew too. It it actually boggles my mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's like a definitely like a strong uh, song to open the record with. So definitely into Tigers and Rats. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so was there because you guys were like released that as a single before the record actually came out, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we did. Was there a reason for that particular song or was that just like the first one you guys had done? Um, I just felt like it was a really... It was like one of my favorite songs off the record. is It's a strong song. I think it's got. I think it's just a cool song. I think it's. It's got a straightforward message. It's kind of like coming off really strong on all fronts. Like with the message of it, the the style, the riffs. I don't know. I. I think. I think it was just a. We just wanted to get that that song specifically out. For sure. Um, when I first heard it, um, I was definitely into it. So I was like, I got to keep my eye on this record when it comes out. Oh, yeah. I, I really like the um, title track for the album as well. The Void. Oh, yeah, that was uh, I probably that song, probably The Void and uh, Devil's Crown are probably my two favorites. Do you want to talk about the void, like its meaning? Um, the void, the whole, the main idea behind the record and the song itself is like the void is basically a place in your mind where, you know, where where people usually go when they're when they're in it. You know what I mean? They're just like for all the fear and frustration and doubt and uh, anger, all that, all that shit, all all the the big life questions, things that you 
things that you're unsure of, you know what I mean? Like all, all that, that's, I feel like that part of your brain, I, that, that is what would be the void. Damn. Kind of hate that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Don't we all? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I definitely um, uh, always get nervous, um, which is like weird to say because I, I don't know if I've ever said that on the podcast. But like, yeah, whenever I um, do this podcast, I um, there's always like a little sense of um, nervousness because not sure if um, the guests are going to be, you know, cool. If, if they're going to be into the conversation or even, um, before that, like the whole process of just trying to um, convince people to give me their time to, to come onto the podcast. It's always uh, nerve wracking. Oh yeah. No, like I said, I'm glad we got to do this. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and thank you. Cause obviously I, I couldn't do this without, um, you or any other guests that, that I've had on. So like, I, like whenever I tell anybody, like, I, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on just giving me your time. Like I a hundred percent mean it. Yeah, of course, man. I, I, this is the first podcast I've ever done, like in an interview like this. So for sure. Um, so Record um, has been out for um, about a month. Uh, you have uh, shows and tours that um, you're going to announce soon. Um, do you think it's going to be a pretty busy year for Combust? That's uh, the main goal. I want to play as much as I can now that the record's out. Um, hopefully, I feel like people are fucking with it. I'm just going to try to play as many places as we can, as much as we can. That's kind of the main goal. It's kind of hard to do with like uh, me and the bases work, but uh, we're going to make whatever we can work. Do you guys work t- together or do you guys just have? Uh, uh, no, we, we just we just both have like like, you know, standard ass nine to five Monday through Friday kind of job. So it's like we're not they're not as lenient as like we can't get off whenever the fuck we want. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely get that. Um, I feel like if it was easier for me to get time off of work, I would probably do a, a little more traveling. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd never be home. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely get that. Um, you know, traveling is cool, but I hate like being on an airplane. I feel like that's like the worst part about traveling. Oh, yeah, it's miserable. <laughs> like I was I was on two planes within 48 hours. It was like just the most annoying thing in the world. Actually, you know what? I can't, I can't fully say that. Uh, this, the flight coming home was awful because it was like a, it was like a six hour flight with no fucking TV. At least the first one I got to watch like three movies. That was chill. And I can't really complain cause I got flown out for free. Shout out Scanlon. Thank you. Uh, but, um, it's not terrible, but at the same time it's, I barely fly, so I really can't like attest to me saying I, I hate flying. You know, I feel like um, it, it, without a TV um, or like Wi-Fi, I, I feel like it would just be miserable. Like I was just recently in Florida, um, and on the way there and on the way back, um, the flight actually had free Wi-Fi, which was nice. Um, so it gave me like you know obviously like full um, internet access on my phone. So I just um, luckily I had headphones and I just literally watched some documentaries on Hulu and like random stuff on Netflix just to kill the time. Oh yeah, I, the Wi-Fi that I got was so shitty I couldn't even do anything with it, so I just slept. 
I feel like um, sleeping on an airplane, like, I feel bad for the people next to me because um, I might have sleep apnea, which I'm not sure because um, like after um, this last vacation I went on, the um, people that were sleeping in the same room as me swear up and down that I have it because I snore so loud. So I wow. um, feel like nervous to sleep on a plane because um, I don't want to um, you know disturb the entire plane by how loud I snore. Then also it's like embarrassing to like wake up from that, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Next time, just like may, maybe give them a warning, and then <laughs> ask them after you after you wake up. Um, do you use a neck pillow when you're on an airplane? Uh, I didn't bring one. I feel like I should have because my neck is still fucked up from the flight. But <laughs> yeah, for for future reference, I will definitely definitely use a neck pillow. I, I've never used one, but my buddy swears like that's the move. Yeah, they look comfortable as shit. They do. The guy next to me had one. He wasn't even using it. I was about to take it. <laughs> it should have been like, yo, can I borrow that for the remainder of the flight? I should have. I fucked up. All right. Well, next uh, time you're on an airplane, we got to um, get you a neck pillow. Yeah, I'm going to put it in my rider. <laughs> yeah, whoever's flying you out next time, they're gonna have to um, get you a neck pillow so that you're comfortable to and from wherever you're going. Yeah, of course, gotta be well rested. Um, so, do you guys have any shows announced, like besides the ones that you're about to announce? Because I, uh, I was like looking on Twitter, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, we're playing in Buffalo May third, and then we're playing Philly June fifteenth with Ignite, and then Buffalo May third with Millspec. Okay, that I actually um saw a, a flyer for that uh, that mill spec show. Yeah, the venue is like getting announced. I believe this week. Okay, that's. Uh, have you ever been up to Buffalo? Yeah, yeah, we played Buffalo on that uh, downfall tour we did uh, last year. How would you describe the scene up there? Uh, they got they have a cool they have a cool like unified scene. It's like young kids make it a are a part of it too. It's cool. They got cool bands coming out of there. Uh, this no. band Eat, uh, War by Other Means. They got cool bands coming out of there. How long is that drive for you guys? It's like six hours. <laughs> okay, so it's not it's not like too bad. You can definitely do that in like a day. Yeah, no, it's not bad. Okay. Alright, so um, you said it was in uh, June for the the Ignite show. I'm uh, yeah, June fifteenth with Ignite, and then uh, May third with Millspec. Okay, awesome. That's coming up like in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is there anything uh, you want to shout out or plug before we wrap this up? Um. Shout out Edgewood Records, um, all my friends who supported the record. Um, all my friends in the room right now who are, who are <laughs> waiting for me to play poker. <laughs> uh, who else? Shout out to you for for keeping this kind of shit alive. I fuck with uh, people who do zines and podcasts or hardcore. It's like. It's like really overlooked shit in hardcore music that I think is important. 
Thank you. I'm just trying to um, do my part to, um, you know, keep this thing alive, you know, spread awareness to bands that I think are cool that I think people should be listening to. Cause you can just go, you can just go to a show. Anyone can do that. But like, there's people like you who go to shows and then you go the extra mile and then you support it. Even if you like, let's say if you're not in a band or whether you are in a band or not, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a, it's just the extra mile to support something that you that you love, which is cool. I support that fully. Right. Well, I support Combust, um, New York Hardcore. Love what you guys are doing out there. And I, I can't wait to see you guys do more things um, by the year's end. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate this again. All right. No problem. Um, you're welcome back on any time um, in the future. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Sounds good. Let me know. Always down. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Dreamer K podcast. Always on top.
一半。